Well, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Kids, you've got to stay tuned. I'm going to tell you a story from the great story, okay? The great story is this book. It's the Bible. And do you know what? Every great story that was ever written is kind of etched out from this story. The great stories, the great movies, the great books have their basis in here. And you will find some incredible, not just fictional stories, but real stories of real people who engaged with God and fought battles and won victories and stood up strong, just like you will be standing strong this year in school. But I want to start with one of my favorite stories and one that I've just watched some of on the movie screen. And it's coming up here. There's a, there's a picture. My goodness, what? Nick Hind? <laughs> Thank you for showing up in person, Bilbo. Frodo. Something, oh. Now, kids, you might be too young to have watched this or read the book. But Frodo is given a burden. He's given a responsibility. He's got a job that only he can fulfill. He has to take this ring into the fire of Mount Doom and completely destroy it. And it's a burden. This thing is heavy. Now, it might not look that heavy, but it attracts all the evil. It, it brings out all the bad things. And, and if you've ever read or seen some of the images, he's had to fight battle after battle. You know, orcs evil things and, and swooping things and, and things that try and stop his journey. And he has to go from this lovely little village called the Shire. Can we have a, a Shire photo up on the screen here? We go from the Shire, this lovely space, this green rolling hills. And he has to take from that place, this ring into the darkness and battle all kinds of things. And even his own friends, the people who try to help him, some of them betray him and, and do the wrong thing. And so he has the courage all the way through. And you probably know the story that he actually does it. He gets right to the end, which is that previous picture on the fire. And with a little help from his friends, eventually destroys this thing. It almost costs him his life. But it's an epic adventure from, from just living a normal little life to being called into something far greater, to actually save the world as he knew it. Who would have thought one little hobbit could save the world? I wonder what's in store for you this year. I wonder what sort of courage you will need to face your world. I don't think Frodo had any idea of what was in store for him, maybe six months beforehand. But you know what? As you face the year and face it with courage, I want to share a story that's actually true. Now, Lord of the Rings is a great story, but it's fiction. But come with me to a story that's actually true of a brave young girl who did pretty much the same thing. Stare down evil and face up against giants and make decisions to change her world and to change the course of history. I'm talking about Esther. Come with me 
to the book of Esther, which is kind of halfway, a bit before the end of Ezra and Nehemiah. Then you find Esther. Now, the, the Esther, verse 1, says, Now in the days of Ahasuerus, the days of King Ahasuerus, king of Persia, we're talking about 480 B.C., Two and a half thousand years ago. Can you cast your mind back that far? Before your parents were born, before their parents were born, before their parents' parents were born. All right. 2,500 years ago, in a place called Persia, which is in the Middle East, and Ahasuerus reigned from India to Ethiopia over 127 provinces. Let's look at, there's a map here. Look at how big this empire is. It's the Persian Empire from India right over here to the Mediterranean, right up to the Black Sea, whole Middle East, Greece. See that? Persian Empire. King Ahasuerus ruled over that whole region. Now what had also happened just before the king took over this region was that little Israel in the middle here Judah, they were all sent packing across to Babylon, which is here. And while they were in Babylon, there was a bit of a baton change, right? The Babylonians were taken over by the Persians. There's always a bigger fish. And the Persians then ruled right over. But what had happened in the meantime is that lots and lots of people from Jerusalem and the surrounds were scattered throughout this region. So you've got probably three quarters of a million Jews living scattered right around this place. That's the scene. Are you with me? So 480 BC, King Ahasuerus reigned from India to Ethiopia, over 127 provinces. And in those days when King Ahasuerus sat on his royal throne in Susa, the citadel, in the third year of his reign, he gave a feast all his officials and servants. Now, I'm not talking just like birthday party feast. I'm talking big feast. In the third year, now the army of the Persian and Median and the nobles and the governors and provinces before him, while he showed them the riches of his royal glory and the splendor and the pomp of his greatness, for many days... 180 days. That's half a year. So for half a year, he's displaying his wealth and his pomp and his greatness. Look how wonderful I am, he says. Look how much gold I have. Look how many servants I have. Look how many people I've conquered. What a wonderful king. And when these days were completed, the king gave for all the people present in Susa, the citadel, that's the capital city, both great and small, a feast lasting for seven days in the court of the garden of the king's palace. So as if that wasn't enough, he says, all right, let's have a, let's have a week-long feast and everybody's invited to see how great I am. <laughs> so there was feasting and wine and music and fun. In the middle of this, he goes, Hmm. I wonder where the queen is. <laughs> I wonder where my good wife is. Hey, call her over, please. Let her come and gaze at my wonder and my 
glory. Queen Vashti was her name. Do you know what Vashti said? No. She said, no. And the king was horrified. He gets his royal advisors. And they said, there's only one thing to do, banish her. Can't be that the queen disregards the king's command. Banish her and get yourself a decent queen, my king. She goes, good advice, good counsel. And so back in the day when you kind of have a kind of search for the queen, let's get all the young ladies, the best looking, the, the most excellent, and, and let's gather them all in a place they call the harem and bring them together. Now, from that, they would choose the best one to be the queen. Pretty simple, right? Probably wouldn't happen like that today. In the middle of this was a man called Mordecai, a Jew, someone who escaped from Jerusalem. He had a young cousin, basically, called Esther, who lived with him. Hasadah, her name was. Now, she was a good-looking young girl. And she was brought into this whole deal of becoming part of the, the selection for the new queen. To cut a long story short, she became the queen. She grew in favor. She was the best of the best. And, and she was crowned the queen, not only of just Susa, but the entire country, the entire empire of Persia. Now, I'm skipping forward, right? Otherwise, we'll be here all day. Let's jump to Esther 3. Something happens in the middle of this. Now, Mordecai comes and he kind of camps out at the gate of the palace. And as the king's kind of uh, best advisor called Haman, as he walks past, what he would like people to do is to bow to him and pay homage. All right? So kind of two I see walks out and everybody is supposed to, to bow and say how great Haman is. Well, the Israelite Mordecai refused. It's a bit of a pattern here, isn't it? And Haman was furious. He says, how, how could, how, like this guy, he's from Jerusalem. How, how dare he not bow in my presence and honour me like this? He says, I know what I'll do. I'm going to talk to the king. So let's pick up the story in Esther 3, verse 8. Haman said to the king Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the peoples in all the province of your kingdom. Their laws are different from those of every other people, and they do not keep the king's laws, so that it is not to the king's profit to tolerate them. In other words, there are people who are different. They worship a different God. They have different practices. It's not good if you let them alone. If it please the king, verse 9, let it be decreed that they be destroyed, then I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who have charge of the king's business, that they put it in the king's treasuries. So the king took his signet ring from his hand and gave it to Haman the Agatite, the son of, yeah, Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews, and the king said to Haman, the money is given to you, the people also, to do with them as it seems good to you. 
My goodness. The king has just signed the death warrant of every Jew living in Persia, about three quarters of a million. And they're going to send couriers on a horseback to every region, the 127 provinces, to say, on a certain date, you must kill all the Jews in your midst. Sounds vaguely familiar. Obviously, this is shocking. Now, Mordecai, Esther's cousin who's sitting outside, hears of this. And he's devastated. And then he realises that his cousin Esther is in the court, the queen. And so he gets word to Esther. And this is such a key scripture. Esther 4 verse 14. He says, you must speak up. You must. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. If you don't speak up, the baton's been passed to you. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. For such a time. It's Frodo with the ring. The baton's been passed. It's all up to Esther. And then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, and I and my young women will fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. What do you mean against the law? Well, back in these days, if you approached the king without being invited, you would be killed unless the king held out his scepter, his ruling staff. And so Esther knows this and knows that she's, she's got about a month. She goes, I'm not being invited to the king's presence for another month. And if I turn up and knock on the door of the throne room uninvited, it's pretty much certain death, unless the king extends his scepter. What are you going to do, kids? Here is your moment. It's like, it's like in, in football I've been watching. The ball's been coming to you and you're the goalkeeper and there's no one else there. What do you do? Do you run away? <laughs> do, do you just stand there in fear or, or are you going to go out and meet them? I think that's what they do. Team sports, when it's up to you in cricket, everybody else is out and there's 150 to get, and you're batsman number 10. Right, I'm going to do this. You see, see, when the ball's passed to you and your court, what do you do? Do you have the courage to stand up? Do you have the courage to face it? Even if it means maybe death or somebody letting the goal through. And so she decides to do it. She says, all right, I'll do it, but go and fast and pray for me beforehand. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to stand up. See, faith is a decision. Sometimes it's a decision at your own risk. Sometimes it's a decision to think, I'm not sure how this is going to work out, but it's still a decision based on your convictions. That's why I love the book of Esther. She's a girl of courage and conviction, and she decides to do it. Well, let, let me read you what happens in Esther 5. On the third day, 
three days of fasting. On the third day, don't you love it when something happens? On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes. I mean, how would she be feeling? This is the day. Like, this is my day to save my people from absolute annihilation. I'm putting on my robes. She's dressing. Like, what, what, are, what do I wear? What, how do I feel? Like, how am I going to approach the king? Who's going to be there? Are they going to be swords? Will I be executed? What, what's going to happen? Can you imagine being dressed? And then she stood in the inner court of the king's palace in front of the king's quarters while the king was sitting on his royal throne inside the throne room opposite the entrance to the palace. And when she saw Queen Esther standing in the court, look at this, she won favour in his sight. <sighs> queen, my queen. And he held out the royal scepter in his hand. And Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. And the king said to her, what is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you, even to half of the kingdom. Man, what a, what a miracle. Like she's actually done it. And the king has actually said, come and talk to me. What is your request? Even if you take half of my kingdom, it's yours. It's kingdom courage. Well, amazing things unraveled. She said, look, come to dinner. <laughs> I'll put on a feast for you. And that night came and... She said, what can I do for you? Well, come to dinner the next night. Kind of just building favour. Come to dinner the next night. So she did. And in, in the meantime, the enemy, Haman, builds a 20-metre scaffold to hang Mordecai off because he's so sick of Mordecai getting all the honour. It's a bit of a long story in there. But what's really interesting in the middle of it, Haman makes plans to annihilate. But in Esther 6, verse 13, Haman told his wife, Zeresh, and all his friends, everything that had happened to him, and his wise men and his wife, Zeresh, said to him, if Mordecai, before whom you've begun to fall, is of Jewish people, you will not overcome him, but will surely fall before him. I've heard of these Jews. I've heard of the history. I've heard how God parted the Red Sea for them. I've heard how God was with them and, and gave them this promised land. I've heard them, even though they've been subject to all kinds of things, I've heard of them and God is with them. If you fight against them, it's not going to go well for you. And I like to say the same of the Christians. God is with us. Things won't always go our way, but God is with us and people know it. No matter what kind of things people kind of throw at us. Cutting a long story short, Haman is executed on his own gallows. The king orders to stop the execution. Quickly sends by horseback couriers to 127 provinces to stop. In Esther 8, 14, it says, So the couriers mounted on their swift horses that were used in the king's service rode out hurriedly, urged by the king's command, and the decree was issued in Susa the citadel. And then Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal robes of white and a golden crown and a robe of fine linen and purple. And the city of Susa shouted and rejoiced. And the Jews had light and gladness and joy and honour. 
he was indeed the Shire back again. Green back. So what? Lovely story, hey? Amazing story. Amazing. And, and take time to read it. It's only 10 chapters long. You know, skipping over it. But so what? What does that mean for us? Well, I'm not a queen. I'm not a king. You know, it's not like I can save my people this week. Some great heroic escapade. I'm just going to year seven. <laughs> you know? I'm just starting preschool. I'm just going back to work. I'm just trying to deal with my neighbor who's grumpy. You know, the, the things that we're facing maybe don't seem quite like I'm going to take a ring to Mount Doom and pop it in there. So what, what does this actually have for us today? What, what difference can that make in our life? And as I've been praying into this, whatever you're facing, it's the courage to stand up in small things daily. Get this. It's the small daily courageous steps that add up to a big one. That's how the kingdom works. It works small. It works backwards. It's, it's the little things that you decide to do that count. And a little thing, and a little thing, and a little thing. And one day God might say, here's something big. And you just say yes, because you're so used to saying yes with all the little ones. That it's a natural thing to just, sure, I'll risk my life and stand in front of the queen, the king, sorry. It's, it's the courage. Do you, do you have courage this week? to serve others, to put other people's needs first. Little decisions. Do you have, do you have the courage to, to stand up for people without, without much of a voice? Do you have the courage to seek first the kingdom of God with your time and money when our world is shouting at us? Just use everything for your own means. It's, it's all yours. Do you have the courage to read the book of Proverbs this month? You have the courage to find 10 minutes a day and, and engage in the Word of God for yourself. Maybe you've never done that before. It's a foreign thing. Do, do you have the courage just to go, I'm going to get up 10 minutes earlier uh, or I'm going to find time in the evening. I'm going to, I'm going to, do you have the courage to share a few thoughts, even if you feel like, oh, I'm putting myself out there? Do you have the courage to, just to love the people in your world? Do you have the courage to, to push back weakness and and Ideas that go against what we believe. And as I reflected, I found that's what Jesus did. He, he lived a life of small things. So you read the Gospels and he just, he's just walking. It's like, I'm sure he's got more of a plan, but it's like <laughs> walking through. Oh, there's someone who's blind. Hey, have your sight back. Oh, um, we, need to, we need some food here because there's 5,000 people without a meal. And you know what, guys, what have you got? A few fish, a few bread. All right, let's do it. Just the courage to multiply food. That becomes, let's, let's heal this guy. Um, let's teach about the kingdom of God. And let's, let's push back against some of the, the, the thoughts. You know, Jesus just continued every day, just courageous little steps. And then the big one comes. Garden of Gethsemane, where he has to give his life. <sighs> yes, Lord. I'll do it. I'll do it. You see, see, little, little courageous steps build your capacity to make big courageous steps. I'm sure that's what Esther did continually. So when the big one comes, she says, 
You ready for the big one? Whatever that looks like for you this week, just make small, courageous steps. Whatever you feel like the Lord is taking you in. Don't walk past opportunities to exercise faith. Leap in there and bless people. Let me pray for you. Why don't you close your eyes for a moment as we wrap up. Lord Jesus, this week I'm praying for every person in this room, however small they are, that they would take courageous steps of faith. And I even pray for opportunities. There's moments where character is formed and where there's a step that needs to be taken might be befriending somebody who doesn't look quite the same as you. It might be just some little thing, but Lord Jesus, give each one of us the courage to stand up, the courage to take a step. Help us keep Esther in mind, Lord. And right now, I do want to ask the question, one of the most courageous things you can do is follow Christ. It's the best thing. What it means is that you put your life in Jesus' hands and simply follow him. Let him lead your life. Let him determine your world. Let him speak into your life. That's what it is to be a Christian. It's not to follow a set of rules and commands. It's actually to follow Christ. And he's going to lead you personally on this great adventure that we're on together. But it's a personal journey. And the best thing you can do if you're not sure about that is just to say, hey, I'd like to follow Christ. I'd like to get on board and just, just start walking this journey myself. And, and if you're here this morning and you want to start that journey, just raise your hand right now. I'd love to pray for you, help you kickstart this tremendous journey of faith and to see some amazing things through. Anybody? Just anyone I can help on that journey? I'd love to. Thank you. I see your hand, young man. Awesome. We'll chat afterwards. Anybody else just want to just take this journey for themselves and kickstart a life of courage?